Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Newsgram. Have you ever heard the expression, Katie, bar the door? It's one of those old sayings that means basically, get ready, there's trouble on the way. I love old sayings, and I like to trace their origins back whenever it's possible. Most of the time, there's very little proof as to where they come from, and the details are sketchy. But with this one, it seems its origin dates way back to 1437, when Catherine Douglas found herself in the middle of a plot to assassinate James I, King of Scotland. According to legend, a group of men came to the door searching for the king because they wanted him dead. Catherine Douglas, who later became known as Kate Barless, saw that the large deadbolt that held the door closed had been removed. So she sprung into action and used her arm as the deadbolt. I know what you're thinking. Sounds like a great way to get your arm broken. Well, that's exactly what happened. When she put her arm into the staples to bar the door, they forced it open breaking her arm and ultimately discovering and killing the king. So Katie, bar the door as we turn back the clock to 1437 and launch this historical edition of Newsgram on webtalkradio.com. Today we're exploring the book A Dagger for Catherine Douglas by Ewan McPherson and if there was ever anyone who needed a dagger, it was probably Kate Barless. To me, it's an example of traditional female courage. You make sacrifices for other people. That's normally what the woman does. So other people get to be rich and famous or whatever. It's the woman who makes the sacrifices. Here's Catherine just, you know, doing what and might come quite naturally to the woman. She sacrificed herself to save the king, except, of course, she doesn't save the king. True, she wasn't able to save the king, but that doesn't make her any less fascinating. And it's a great premise for his book, which is ultimately about a love affair between a young couple and the sacrifices they make for their love. The book centers around Catherine and a fictional character named Sean. So you have this love story running between the male character, his name's Sean Campbell. And so you have, you have this love story running between Sean Campbell and Catherine Douglas, you know, a lot of people who read this story will not really know the history, but some people who read it will know the history. So if you know the history, you know the ending, certainly with relation to Catherine and the King. So I brought this other character in. So this is where I bring in a bit of fiction into a factual tale. So Sean Campbell and Catherine Douglas, the story is really about their relationship and the choices that they have to make and they find themselves in this situation. Uh, I'm not sure how much to say here because it is a novel in which you don't really want to give away too much. What I can tell you is that Sean Campbell has a reputation for being a cutthroat mercenary type. A bad boy, if you will. And Catherine is immediately attracted to him. And another thing I can tell you is that if you're Catherine and you live in 1437, you quickly realize that it's not just kings that can get sacrificed. And looking over your shoulder is a way of life because in this world, no one has friends. This book features lots of fun interaction between the characters. There's plenty of romance, and is there sex? <laughs> Maybe. There's also a lot of action, and I'll read you the start of the book in a second. First, I have to prepare you for what's about to happen. Remember, it's historical fiction, and no actual horses were injured during the making of this book. The horse sailed through the air with nodding head and flapping forelegs, and the rest of its body heavy and stiff. Elizabeth stood on her own in the center of the courtyard with bare toes peeking out from under the folds of her long gown. Holding up a hand to shield her eyes from the sun, she watched with a strange sense of disbelief as the horse gradually grew bigger. A loose thread on her sleeve caught her attention. She stared hard at it, murmuring to herself, must remember to fix that. 
A cacophony of wailing voices and running feet filled her head. The priest came running down the winding staircase inside the tower and out into the courtyard. People were scattering this way and that. Here came the horse, big and brown and dropping over the wall to splatter on the flat stone floor of the courtyard. Then it was lying motionless on its side with its head resting on the stones. It might have been sleeping for the fact that its belly had been broken open and a red mass of entrails was spilling out. No more talk now of chivalry and rules of war. Now it was only about desperation and the pressing need to win at any cost. Nothing lay ahead but slow starvation, surrender, and death. It would be a slow death, stuck inside a castle like prisoners, unable to move, unable to do anything but wait and watch and brace yourself for the next missile, hoping it might miss its target. They were like criminals, locked in the stocks to be jeered at by the mob and pelted all day long with stones and rotten fruit. They were unable to fight back, unable to do anything but suffer this torture. Sometimes she'd stand in the courtyard, shaking her fist at the skies above, cursing the god who had forgotten her. I'm going to win this one, with your help or without it. She'd shout at the clouds and at the seagulls. She repeated, I will not surrender. I will not surrender, over and over in her head. They could starve her to death, but they could not make her lift a white flag or raise the portcullis. So you can see, this is a story of female courage and sacrifice. It's about a woman who couldn't fight like a man and didn't try to. It's reminiscent of women in the 14th century. Well, obviously, you hope it works as an adventure story and as a love story. Obviously, you hope that. I think in a lot of ways, this is a book for women. I'm saying this is a man, and I'm not trying to be patronizing here, but it is a female story for me. We live in a different world now where, you know, women have careers just like men, and, and there's not really any difference, you know. But, but if we go back to like to the 15th century, that wasn't the way of things at all. Women were expected to make sacrifices. That was what you did. You know, like you were a mother, you made sacrifices for the children, for your husband. That was the way you lived your life. And so it, it's going back to those days. For so me, it's a kind of um, homage to female sacrifice, if you like. That's kind of the way that I see the story. Katie, bar the door. Someone's trying to kill the king. Who is it? Who removed the deadbolt from the door? Who was promised advancement upon the king's death? Is Sean Campbell part of the King's bodyguard, or was he one of the assassins? What happens to Sean and Catherine? You'll find out the answer to these and many other questions when you download and read your copy of A Dagger for Catherine Douglas by Ewan McPherson. I'll tell you this, you're not going to want this story to end, unlike this edition of Newsgram from webtalkradio.com. Newsgram.